The biggest complaint I hear from women is that they don't have the support they need from family and friends to up-level their life, or they just don't know how to do it. Well, I'm changing all that. I have met amazing women on my podcast, and it's inspired me to create the Warrior Women Mastermind. What's a mastermind? It's a small group of women, hand-selected by me, specifically designed and curated for those women who want to up-level their business, brand, and mindset. You'll get incredible support and meet like-minded women in a non-competitive environment. You'll have incredible access to my network of coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts in every field to accelerate you on every level. My next mastermind is launching in the fall. Feeling like you need a push? A boost? Someone to pull you up where you're supposed to be? Well, go to my website at lizswadek.com and schedule a discovery call to learn more about how you can apply. That's Liz, L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. This is invitation only, ladies, but that invitation is waiting for you. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Welcome to the show, Warrior Women. I'm excited to share the last episode in our series on reinvention. We have gone deep into this topic, and today, we're going to hear from a woman that helps other women to figure out what's next. One of the reasons I run mastermind groups for women is that we need a safe space to explore and create our next moves, a place where we can truly be ourselves, where we can be seen and heard and share our experience with like-minded women. I have interviewed over 50 women in the last two weeks, and they have told me that they are craving connection, that they want more meaning in their lives, and they want to hear other women's experiences and stories. Isn't it amazing how much hearing another woman's story informs our own, makes us think, helps us to process? The greatest gift you can give another woman is your visibility. It's true. I'm excited to share this next reinvention story with you today. If you're interested in learning all the ways you can work with me, just go to lizswatek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Okay, on to our fabulous sponsor. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely. That's why I joined the Bra Network. That's the Business Relationships Alliance. Just like a good bra, the Bra Network lifts, gathers, and connects you to other like-minded entrepreneurial women with the knowledge that when we work together, we rise together. For me, the Bra Network provides the community, mentorship, collaboration, and empowerment I was looking for. From business, marketing, and finance courses to curated events to weekly Zoom meetups, the Bra Network works to advance women across the country. If you haven't joined, now's the time. Use your special code, WARRIOR, for your discount. And join today at bra-network.com. That's bra-network.com. Today, I'm talking to warrior woman, Elizabeth Ribbons, a lifelong entrepreneur, founder, podcast host, and speaker who encourages her audience to not only embrace change, but to leverage it, learn from it, and get good at it. 
She believes we can make it happen for us instead of to us. And why not have fun doing it? Elizabeth is no stranger to change, and she created Next Career and Life to inspire and support women into their next chapter and to remain relevant at all ages and stages in life. Next is a community, a podcast, and a resource site full of experts, inspirations, and events to empower women into their next. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Woohoo! Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Liz. Thank you for that nice introduction. Well, I mean, I need all of the things. <laughs> every single there's nothing in that introduction that I don't personally need and everyone listening as well. So we I'm very excited to talk to you today, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I like to start at the beginning. I want to yes. go back. What was life like for you as a young girl? What lessons did you learn and what did you think you would be? Oh my gosh. You know, I'm uh, the youngest of a large family and that alone, you know, you become very capable as a small kid and you're just part of the big group. And then my mother, who was, you know, the head of the flock, she ended up having to be a, a single mom unexpectedly. That, that's something that she didn't plan on. And um, so she really was thrown into a whole different kind of uh, life for herself because, you know, back then she wasn't prepared. She didn't have a college degree. She had asked her parents and they said, no, they said, oh, you're gosh. just going to have children. And, and so she wasn't prepared to be a single mom or a working woman. And so it was really tough. She really struggled. And we as a family had to be a, a unit where we just sort of had to figure it out. And when you're a kid, you just do what you got to do. Like, I, I always think, you know, oh my gosh, that poor kid doesn't have this or that. Well, they didn't, they don't know. That's not their reality. Like you were putting your reality on them kind of thing, but we just figured it out. And she did her best to make sure that we had good schooling and had good things around us, but that took all of her time and all of her energy. And so Thankfully, my wonderful, fantastic, badass grandmother moved in with us and she's like a, you know, made of iron, sparkled like diamonds kind of lady. And she just like really the two of them together really helped create a home for us. But, you know, she had to move on eventually and we had to just figure things out. So for me as a kid, I think naturally, I know naturally that I'm just one of those people that's really creative and I'm a natural entrepreneur in the sense that I, I find what needs to be done. And I like coming up with solutions, how to meet that. So for me, I was resourceful. I think I really built a lot of great resources, like ways to be resourceful within myself. And because of that uncertainty in life, you know, when you have a mom that's working all the time and, and she is, she was trying to go to school later and, you know, there just wasn't, all of my friends in our in our area had the moms that were waiting for them. I always thought it was so cool to go to someone else's house after school because there'd be like food waiting and the moms would sit down and ask us about our day. And oh God, I would be like, oh my God, this is so nice because I had, a, you know, I was the latchkey kid. I'm from that generation, right? And yeah. I, I would take them home and I was like, you ever read that book, Pippi Longstocking? It's my that favorite book. It's like, that was me. That was me. My friends were amazed because I would come in, I'd let myself in. We had all these animals, you know, all, you know, everyone would pick up strays and we'd have all these animals at our house, birds, cats, dogs. I would go in the kitchen and be like, okay. And I pull out a skillet and you know, you want to grill cheese? And they would just be like, their mouths would drop because they're like, my mom will never let me in the kitchen. And then I just- Let alone use the stove when, they're, when the adult <laughs> is not around, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. I, it's like it, my mom though. And this is, I think any single mom listening to this is like, you just have a ha- have to have a heck of a lot of faith because there's just times when you cannot be there and you have to hope that everyone 
is safe. And you have to have some kind of like belief in something bigger than yourself because you just can't, you can't be there. And you have to hope that everyone will be. And we did, we made it, we were all okay. You know, we all got through yeah, life. But you also had your first job at 13. Yes. What in yes. the world job did you have at 13, Elizabeth? Well, I did some shop? Where were you working? <laughs> I was working with a woman who had a, a daycare. And then I was working with people that needed, you know, dog walking. I was, I would pick up jobs doing all kinds of things. There was some kind of program that because my mom was single and all of that, that when, by the time I was almost 15, I could be working at the school after school answering the switchboard. So I was always working. And even before that, when we'd be asking people in our neighborhood, do you need your car washed or whatever it took? Because, you know, we needed I, that was how I purchased things for myself. And I was also, do you remember blue chip stamps? We get uh-huh. those at the gas station. So I would save those and then I'd have like the coolest ball to play with outside with everybody. I, w- I was always looking at how I could create some kind of income for myself and create things. So I was really creative and I was also always coming up with little businesses. I mean, always. I love this. I, by the way, I had a business in, when I was in second grade. I had a magic and clown. I mean, this is why I love you because I feel so much like a kindred spirit with you. I had a clowning and magic business and I had business cards and we did, but it was cute. All the parents hired us. My best friend, Michelle and I, they hired us and we were like doing clowning and magic because we took an after school magic class (laughs) and these kindergartners would be like, and we dress up. My mom made our clown outfits. I mean, it was like a whole thing. It was like hilarious. But when I think about that, I'm so proud. I had a business when I was in second grade. It's amazing. (laughs) It just shows you our resourcefulness. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me about your, your career path. Cause you've, you've done a lot of things. So I, I I mean, you, you stayed in one career a really long time, Yeah. but you've launched things and you, you've just kind of done a lot. You had your kind of hands in some things. So I wanted to know about like your career path. Well, the thing is, is with me is, you know, I was excellent at school. I I was lucky to do well in school. And I really thought about being a doctor or getting into some kind of science or research. But that meant a lot of college and schooling. And there just wasn't the um, circumstances weren't set for me to do that. And I actually at one time thought about entering the um, signing up for like the the army or the Navy so that they would pay for my education. And a lot of people do that. Like a lot of people. Yeah, but my mom, (laughs) look at me. My mom's like, honey, I don't don't think that's going to be a good yeah, I don't think you. the Navy's the place. So anyway, <laughs> but all during um, you know, middle school and high school, I was that kid that would, you know, create something like a purse, earrings, jewelry, clothing of some sort, and everybody was placing orders. And so I just decided, okay, I'm gonna go for business and I'm also gonna go for design. So I took like two different things into and I and I decided that I would just start there. I would always own businesses, but I was going to learn as much as I could to create something that I could have for myself and sell and, and, and do. So that's what I did. And in your 20s, you know, when you get out of college or even while you're working through it, you know, you, you work in all these different situations. And so I had a great group of friends and networks and uh, I had great opportunities and really fortunate, really, really fortunate that I got in where I did and I got to learn as much as I did. And I worked for TV and film as a costumer, I even costumed a, um, an opera. I wasn't, of course, the designer. I was m- very much a, a little minion, but I, I got to experience that. And I realized, I realized this, the woman that was at the top, we never saw her. She only came in and out because she was always working on the next job, the designers, oh, the, wow. you know, like the big designers. Yeah. So I, I, I talked to her once and she was in her late thirties and she said that she she didn't even have a plant. I can't have a cat. I can't have a, because she was constantly working. Oh, wow. So I thought to myself, okay, no, no, 
That's not what I want. I want to work, but I want my life. And I started thinking, you know, I thought I would always just live at the beach and have a portion, not ever get married. But I decided that I did. And finally, I thought I, I do want to have a family and I do want to have more than just my work because I worked really hard all the time. And let me tell you, that money was great, but I wasn't willing to give my life to it. So I walked away from that and everyone was you like, walked away from oh. costuming. Costuming, yeah, for the movies yeah. and for TV. And people are like, oh, just like in The Devil Wears Prada, you know, everybody wants this job. And I was like, you know what, though, then they can have it because I, again, all of my life been making businesses and I know I can make money. Yeah. You could drop me somewhere, Liz. And I, you and I probably, we know we could probably figure it out and make money. So yeah. I was like, no, I, I don't want. So I started developing more of a, um, a, a base to create my own clothing line. That was what I wanted to do. And I decided it and I worked hard for it. And I worked in different companies, got all the information, really made connections. And then I launched my own dress company. And I had what that was when microfiber was coming out. So I was able to, to create a, a line of dresses that was half the price of silk. Because What's silk the name of it? It was called Catherine Cooper. Oh my and gosh. here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. This is the, this is the entrepreneur in me. It was, it was maternity clothes, but it was like sexy Great, like because back, back then, a pee in the pod was just coming out, and pee in a pod was the only thing. And so the Nordstrom, Macy's, boutiques across the nation. I mean, I had two two sets of great saleswomen, and they blew it out. They were doing so well. Wow. And then I had my daughter because I was thinking because I was going to get pregnant, and I had my daughter, and I was like, "There's just not any good clothes out there for women." So I created them. no. The, the, the maternity clothes were abysmal. When, when were, with my first with my first child, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm like in a matron outfit." When I had Coco years later, I was like, "Oh, they're finally getting that we don't want to look like literally like we're 80. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, doing I'm Amish. Like I'm an Amish <laughs> pregnant person. Is that, is that supposed to happen? No, no, no. So, and I always got that comment that you make these clothes, you make that women are loving these. And the price point was right because they didn't want to pay for silk. Right. Right. Not for a maternity dress. So it seems like, well, that's not so sexy, but it was a great idea. And so I was taken off on that. And then I had my daughter and I thought I'd be in that time in life. People, you know, gave their kids, you were successful and you gave your child to someone. They helped take care of the kids while you worked. And I thought I was going to do that until I had her. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. I, I really need to be um, involved here. And I then decided to close my doors on my business. And that was another time when people were like, oh, but again, I, because of my uncertainty. You have such in life, faith in yourself, Elizabeth. <laughs> this is what I love about this story is because, and I want everyone to understand this. Just listen to what she's saying. Every time she stops something, she wasn't afraid of stopping it because she knew she could do something else. Like that's, I think that's such a great lesson, especially now, because I think women are a little bit, you know, we got this she session going on, Elizabeth, and we're going to talk about that too. And I know you help with women with that, but to just have that kind of faith that you are a, a creative, smart, industrious being ladies, and you will be able to land on your feet. It may not go perfect. It may be hard, but it's not that you, if you, if you made money before, guess what? You can make it again. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that, Liz, because I cannot tell that, tell women that enough. They get too afraid and it's like, they really don't want to be where they're at, but they stay with it because they're too afraid. And if I had just said, well, I listened to everybody and stayed with it. I wouldn't have been able to raise my own children. And I knew that I could have a family at all. You couldn't even have a plant if you were a customer, apparently. And so for me, that was like, and I, and I, again, wasn't great. It sucked that I was, you know, in a home with one parent, 
But that taught me a lot. It taught me to rely on myself and to know that, okay, I, I can do this. It might be hard, like you said, but at the same time, I can figure this out. It's all like, what's it, Mar- Maria Ferraleo? Oh, all everything figure- is figure outable. Figureoutable. It's all figureoutable. And I'm one of those where I would just be like, how did you know how to do this before the internet? Like, I just would figure it out. So yeah. that's just because I had to as a kid. And I think it was just looking back, that's, you know, there's no mistakes, but it, it was certainly sucky at the time, it's, but it set, you up. it set you up for success. It set me really up. And so therefore I decided, okay, when I could finally like take a shower and figure out things and get some sleep, I started coming up with a new idea. And at the time I was married to my husband, who was a real estate attorney and he was building his practice and he was also a broker. So he was, we started buying, this is, we started flipping houses. We decided to start doing that way back because I closed my business and it's like, let's do this. It was something I could do with my daughter on my hip. And I'd already done, you know, a few houses of ours. So I understood it. And I helped my mom. That was another thing we did that we got good deals on our properties because we could redo things in the house. So see, like, there's no mistake. I learned how to paint walls, strip wallpaper, do all kinds of stuff. So we were doing that. And my husband was really good at finding the properties, these little cute starter houses. I was good at making them emotionally like you had to have it. So I would go in and then I would work with the teams to get it all done and we'd flip them. So that was something I could do. And and then I had another child. I could do that and make good, a good amount of money, you know, for our home and our family while I was raising kids. So see, I I created that. Using your creativity, which is crazy. Absolutely. you're, You're literally, your through line of your whole career path seems to be, you're always doing something creative. Yes. Well, I know that that's something that I can draw on and I can, I can do something that's creative and I can, I can switch it up, up level, change it. So that's my whole shtick. And And so anyway, interior design, well, that's the next thing. So then I'm doing that and I'm flipping these houses and people finally, you know, when my kids got a little bit older, they said, can you help me? And I'd be like, no, no, I've got kids and all this. And I'm really just trying to, cause I'm super ambitious and I will take I will work, 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 work. And I was like, no, I'm just really want to be there for them. And this is the kicker. They're like, well, you know what? We'll wait for you. I'm like, I'm not taking on another job. So I finally took this one job and it was just like Bel Air at the top of Bel Air. And they wanted to completely just take off the top of the house, move the pool, do all this stuff. And I helped them and they had a party and she worked at CBS at one of the networks and the people there saw it and they were like producers and stuff. I never worked for actors. I always worked for people behind the scenes, but like CEOs of, of networks and all that. And they saw it and they said, who is your designer? We've got to have her. And again, I would say, look, I've got kids. So I only take like one or two big jobs a year, like big, I'm talking where you build a house and you do, I'm only doing that like once or twice a year. They would wait. I was like, I mean, that's incredible. Right. So I just felt so lucky, but you kept your boundary and now it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think is so important for women to remember is that keep your boundaries, have faith that your value is there. And if that person doesn't see it, someone else will come along and say, Oh yeah, absolutely. I will. You, 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 you had to do so much on your own, my God, your whole life, but you built your own life. You built a life as a wife, a mother, a businesswoman. And then you got a divorce, which I know is not in your plan, Elizabeth. So, and I know a lot of women are are going through this right now. 
tell me what you learned in that time and what you kind of, I know you probably meet, meet a lot of women that are going through this and that's part of their next life, right? They're going right. into their, a new career or they're getting a divorce or, you know, that's the next chapter. So what did you learn from that time? Oh my gosh. I just did it all. And I really wanted my children to have the best life possible because of my life. But I really worked hard so that, to that, so that they would understand who they were. So I could have five kids and they'd all be different. And I would celebrate each and every one of them being who they were. I really gave that my all. And my ex and I raised two great kids and we, we had a good business together. But everything else wasn't great. And we just grew, like we were living in like this parallel universe and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And it just came to a place where we had to split and it was too bad. And I really didn't want that to be the case, but it really, it needed to happen. And that's when I went into like a real deep, sort of dive into who I was because all of those roles I was playing, and this happens to so many women, especially in their thirties, you know, twenties up to thirties. And then you get to 40 and you're like, what the hell? And where, who, who is that girl that used to be, where is she? So I really went through that. I kind of felt like I could be in a room full of wonderful people and no one would really know who I was. Like I could be alone in that room. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I never felt really known because I was always just showing up for all these other people, for my clients, for my husband, for my children, for, you know, stuff at school, for, you know, boards, for you name it. I was doing it all. I had that house of cards set up so well. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it kind of, I kind of hit a wall and I realized, and it was, <laughs> it was at the worst time. It was when the economy went flat. So you look back and the, and people who were losing their jobs first were architects. I'm an interior architect. I got credentialed. I was architects, designers, and contractors because nobody was doing anything with their house. Remember the housing crisis? Like people I remember. Yes. It was so bad. And so I, I, my, my business was dead in the water. My marriage was over and I had to just start from ground zero again, which looking back again, that was over 10 years ago. That was 11, 12 years ago. And, um, it was hell to, to go there, but I've done it before. And so I just really, this time go, okay, I got to get back in touch with, with myself and who I am. Yeah. And, uh, I gave myself that space to do it. I'm bravo to you for that, by the way. Thank you. So I really went, I did the hard work and I, I walked through the fire and I, and it was very difficult just dealing with all of that. And my daughter was at college and, and just getting her through that. And just, it was a lot, it was a heck of a lot, but it gave me some space to really start realizing and designing my neck. And then I really did get into groups where I could help other women who were just at that same space. And you know, when your hands like this in your face, like right here, you can't see. It's easier for ever someone else to look at you and go, oh, you know what? Maybe you ought to try. And this is what I did. And mm-hmm. so I was really able to help other women. And then I helped other women also mentor. I mentored them into their own businesses because they were at that time in life where they wanted to do something and maybe they weren't getting hired. This is awful. But women don't get hired like past 42. It's like considered old. So they were having a difficult time. Or they were going through divorce. And so I was really helping a lot of women and mentoring them. And I've just Well, when you do that, I'm I mean, Amy Stanton, my my good friend who's coming on the podcast soon, she she always says, research is me search. Yeah. Right. Here you are mentoring, like you just said, your own life is in front of your face, but it's so clear. Like you can see these other women, you're like, oh, you know what you need to do? And as you're saying this to these women, you were probably like, I think I need to do that too. (laughs) 
well, I, because I, I was drawing from experience yeah. and I knew it and I, and it's, and I could see and give them some real valuable yeah. guidance, but also just sort of, I think they were going to figure it out, but I was there to say, look at me. I I've gotten through a lot in life and, and mm-hmm. just keep coming back and I'll talk to you about it and, and helping them and, and pointing out their value. Oh my gosh. In business, these women who were starting their own businesses and they were, they would just get themselves over barrels and not, and so bad with the money and all of that. So I was able to help them with that as well. So that kind of really developed in an, and then my business started building again and then, you know, was good. But I, I knew then, all right, this has been great. This has been a cool ride. Cause that's 25 years as an interior architect designer. And believe me, I had huge jobs, huge jobs. And I had amazing clients and flew a place. I was flown places and all of that. I learned so much during that time of navigating, working with teams, having to say difficult things, keeping on the budget, keeping the, I think women are great for this, keeping your eyes on the prize and keeping your ego out of it. So you could get the thing done because, and then I, I was talking about the sandwich method the other day on clubhouse about how I, I was working with a bunch of men on big, huge, huge city projects. And I would say, that's a great idea. However, and I would have to put the like, not so great thing in there, like, you know, and then I'd say, but I'm sure that, you know, with your skills and mine, we could probably come up with a great, you know, result. (laughs) So that's the sandwich sandwich method, the happy, happy. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I had to learn that because you're navigating egos, you're navigating people. You don't know what people come to the table with, like what pain they've got going on. And, and so I had to learn a lot of that and the, all the business. Stuff. So I'm a, I'm a, how kind of, how do you do that gal? Cause I can just, I have figured it out. So yeah. Yeah. I feel very fortunate. And that's when I decided, and I wanted to do next for a long time. And I would kind of play with it and start putting it together and then things would happen. And let me tell you, women, after 40 into like your 60s, it's such a disruptive time. There's just oh so my god, yes, yes, hold everywhere and yeah. stuff's happening. And um who I met, and, I met um Angela Nazarian, she runs Visionary Women. Uh-huh. I did like a little event with her, and she said the most amazing thing. I want to know if you know if you think it's true. She said, when you're in the first half of life, right? Like when when you're like up to like 40 or 45, you're focused on what you're good at. Yes. Doing things that you're good at. And what am I good at? Or what do I like? And she said, in the second half of your life, the second half, you want to know the meaning. You want to have the meaning of your life. And I was like, that is so, that's definitely true for me, right? Like I'm doing this podcast, not because I think it's like the most brilliant business model, but because I truly love it. And I want to talk to women. So I want to know, do you think that's, do you think that's true? And is that what you kind of see other women feeling? Oh, I completely align with that because we're building, creating, doing all of these things. So we don't really have, we choose, you know, we choose to, to, to have kids do all those things. And you're just, it's very complex. Then you get to the middle of life and you're like, what is this all about? What is this for? Where do I fit into this? And there's a, a Japanese term called ikigai, which is, yes. um, yeah, which I wrote about, and it's it's about finding your purpose. And when you get to midlife, you really want something to be meaningful. You want to you want to take all that you've learned and repurpose that into something where other people are learning, where you're sharing your knowledge or whatever it is, your gifts. So that's what I why I created next because I feel like okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I designed my life. Let's 
just be honest. So I designed it and I, and I want other women to know what that means. Right. Yeah. So well, what are the some common themes that women talk to you about? Like what are, what are, what are women over 40 facing now? Cause this is a really unique time, Elizabeth, my God, we've gone through a freaking pandemic. There's a, a huge she session going on when, when you're talking to these women, is there like a common theme or thing they're, they're really telling you right now? I think at the, at the very crux of it is they want to remain relevant and relevant could be they, they're still earning. They're still in the game. They're still appreciated. They're still needed. They're still, there's, there's, they're still valuable. And the outside world, you know, um, the gender pay gaps, the, the, the women leaving work because they can't take care of the kids and be taking care of the job. It was insane, this pandemic and all that they were trying to do. And they've, we've got what, like almost a million or a million women have left. So this is what they're talking about. Like, I don't, I don't know how I can, this is meaningful to me. I love being a mother, but I also love my career. How do I blend those two? Well, I feel like, that COVID, even though it's very sad and what the losses are, are there, there's gains because we, we have learned and proven it, 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 it excelled the whole idea of working remotely. And that was the reason I had my own businesses. So, and I chose what I wanted to do so I could be fluid and show up for the soccer game, be classroom mom. And that might mean that I was working later that night in my office, you know, in, at my house, but I could do the things and women have shown that they can do it, but they probably now want to do it for themselves rather than kill themselves for a company. They're looking at becoming entrepreneurs. And, and that's a scary word, but I've always been an entrepreneur. I don't, doesn't mean that I'm going to go get VC, that I'm going to go disrupt the world, that I'm going to go crush it, uh, all those words. It just means that you're learning to work for yourself and you could be an entrepreneur working for a company that plugs you in here and there, or you could be an entrepreneur for yourself. But that gives you that flexibility. And I honestly believe that's going to be the, the way for women to plug back in. I think they're not going to look to go right back to the corporate world and try to keep it because they can't, they can't, they're already not getting the, the, the pay raises or the um, promotions because they yeah. left, they left once to take care of someone or yeah. a, a child. So for them, it's like, well, how do I remain relevant? How do I stay in it? And this is where I think next really makes a difference for people. Yeah, because you come alongside them and help them figure out what it, what is that going to be and make it not feel so scary because you're in their corner with them, you know, talking to them from your experience right. too. But I do, I agree. I we talked about this a little bit. I do, I think this is the seed planting time for women. And I think we're we are coming into an incredible time of realizing we want to collaborate. Yes. We want to work with other women. We want to. We want to build a business and we want to work with doing, doing a business we love. We, we don't want to be working for people who don't understand us or criticize us for our emotions, which by the way, are valuable in business, which people yeah. think, oh, she's so emotional. Well, guess what? Her emotions bring her intuition and she can read a room better than anybody. Because when she comes to the room and these guys come in and she says, I don't, in her mind, she says, I don't like these two. There's something yeah. going on here. Yep. Women don't have that. Women yeah. do. Women. Do. So I, I think it is. I think it's a valuable time for women. I think women are definitely starting to realize maybe I don't have to do it their way anymore. Maybe I we're can- not going to. We, we. That's the thing too. Is that the men's way? And you know, they're talking about like this whole like painful period of time. 
it's like the bandage has been ripped off and it's been painful these past, you know, year, 18 months. It's been very painful. But at the same time, it's sort of the end of the industrial revolution and it's this new time. And AI is coming in strong and a lot of jobs, sadly, will be replaced with AI. So what's going to matter? And they're talking the future is feminine. It doesn't mean that it's all women working, but it's those feminine skills. Like you just said, collaborative teamwork, reading the room, understanding how to deal with people, navigate. All of those things are naturally feminine, considered feminine. And so those are what's going to keep people relevant. And how do you learn that? Well, you've got to really get back to who you are and how you can be fluid and how you can be flexible and, and sort of creating. It comes from you understanding yourself, emotional intelligence, all those things, and then taking that back out there. So you and I, like I said, we could be dropped somewhere and we'll figure out how to make money, how to make it work, because we know we can continue to do that. Or some people, they have it. They just need someone to say, look, here's, here's all these things you did. Hold that close and keep going. You can keep going over here. And you know what I'm doing online is completely different from what I, I did before, but it's sort of the same in I'm using the same principles. So I think that women need to just see that. And I think that they underestimate their value because they've been told by this old world, you got to work linear. You got to work in this corporate world. You got to do it. And you're not, you're not enough. And boy, you went and took care of your mom. You took care of your kids. Well, you're not enough. And I, that's their world. I think that we build our world and we say, you are all that. Look at how you've raised your kids and you're running this and you're yeah, doing why that. Why isn't that looked on as like an, an insanely valuable, noble, I, I trustworthy, I mean, I know. someone who can do hard things. Why is that not looked on like... I have no idea, right? It's it's like what, what uh, Simona Grace, who runs Moms in Office, used to always tell me, women are not going to bring kids on the campaign. And I said, why? And she goes, you tell me. And I said, well, that just seems weird to me. And he goes, she goes, yeah, when a man brings up his kid, they say, oh my gosh, he's a father and a politician. A woman politician brings up a kid and they're like, oh, she can't handle this. She's got, that kid's all over her. She's a mother. She can't be a pop. Isn't that the way? But it's true. People it's really so look at true. women in such a through such a different lens. Whereas you should look at them and think, wow, she's running for office and she's got a kid. That's awesome. She's amazing. Not, oh my God, can she handle it? Oh my right. God, does she, who's going to put her kid to bed? Guess what? She's already figured that out. You don't need to figure that out for her. Thank you very much. If she's already running for office, she has figured that part of her life out. Hello. She's figured out a lot of stuff. Right? Let me just say, women just know how to keep the plates in the air and they do it all. So that's the thing where I feel like in the past that has been undervalued and women need to value it in themselves first and foremost, and then hold that boundary. Just like I would hold a boundary and say, I can't do this. This is what's important. And if we all collectively as women who have lost jobs because we didn't fit into that old mold, hold that boundary and say, and, and we are huge. We're a huge, um, the potential, they're going to need us hold the boundary and say, oh, great. I'd love to work for you. And this is how I'm going to do it. This is how, and I know right. that's scary. You lay it out, right? Yeah. Let you yes. lay out how it's going to be. Yes. yes. And I know that's scary, but you, you, if you stand up and say that, just like me, if someone didn't meet me on that boundary, somebody else would. And I have stood with people and said, look, that they're like, well, wow, that's expensive. And I'll say, yeah, I, I am, but you could get someone cheaper and I'll go get, someone else will hire me. Like I, I was really clear on that because I've had so many years of experience. I, it's just knowing your worth, knowing your value, really holding those close 
And when someone throws something nasty out like, like that, they're going to say what they're going to say. You need to be able to hit right back. Like, yeah, no, well, yeah, this is where I'm at. Enough to draw the boundary and walk away if you need to. <laughs> Right. Walk away. Walk and, away. I, and, and then like a good friend of mine, you know, she was really, really suffering and trying to find a job. And she went and put in 500 resumes and still, because she was in her late 40s, 50. I think she was 50. Oh my God, for God forbid, if you're 50 and trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I say, okay, forget that because your, your, your self-esteem is going to get chipped away little by little. Let's just talk about how you can maybe start doing a little side thing. And then maybe that side thing will grow into a bigger thing. And that'll be good while you're, if you feel like the whole putting out resumes thing is your deal. Keep doing that. If that makes you happy, but start this side thing. You know what I'm saying? I Don't you agree? Because I, I think everybody needs a side hustle. And by the way, let it be something you love. Like, don't make the side. I always, I've been talking about this for so long. Like this last couple of months, I've been seeing women killing their passions. And I'm like, stop it. Stop acting like this thing you love is a hot dog factory. Stop it. Just enjoy it. What do you mean by killing, by killing their by passions? By killing their passions. Like I've got some women who one is an at-home chef and she's trying to grow this brand, right? And do a cookbook and all this stuff. And she was so stressed about the amount of social media and how she's going to cook the meals and then also cook for her family. And I said, I'm going to stop you right there. No one said you have to post seven days a week. There's no, no one said that. No one said you even need to post five days a week. No. You can post three days a week of recipes that you can shoot in one day, one day. Not with your family around, by the way. Yeah. And then the other three days, you can do a little behind the scenes things or a picture of your kids or whatever. You don't have to make this stressful like that. I have another girlfriend who just launched a podcast. She goes, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I said, why? She goes, well, I did five yesterday. I said, five? Why? That is terrible. Who wants to do podcast in a day? I said, stop treating your business like a hot dog factory. You love this. You're killing it. So I see women doing that. They're holding themselves to this crazy standard because of the way they think it should be. It's like, no, just like you said, does it have to be that I only have a plant and I have no kids? Does it have to be that I have to take every job that's in front of me because I have to be so freaked out that I maybe don't have the money that I can't tell somebody that I have to wait and I can only have those, those two jobs? No, you set your own rules and boundaries and you set those to fit your life and your kids and your husband and your intentions, right? That's right. the way to do it. Don't I, take attention. Yeah. Yeah. You reverse engineer it, honey. And, and then this whole, like people are like, well, what, what social media? And they'll be like, aren't you on this one? Aren't you on that one? I'm like, look, I choose two of them that I think are good. And that's it, man. And, and I just just shoot that. And whoever needs to find me will find me. And that's how I grew my other businesses. And it just works out that way. When I am true to myself, that's when I, and when I wasn't true to myself was when I was being everybody's everything. And that's when I lost who I was and had to get back to that. And I'm not going to leave that ever again, because that is the most important thing. That's the most value I can give to myself and anyone else who I touch is if I'm really clear on who I am. And isn't it refreshing to be around women who are really clear on who they are and they're good with it. And they're good with, you know, I'm good. Well, you go ahead, honey. You go ahead and do like 50,000 posts and all of that. I'm good. It's just refreshing. It is refreshing. And you know what? You don't have to do that. So let's, I want to know what's next for you. What are you working on? And how can people work with you? Because I'm sure people are listening now and thinking, I want to work with Elizabeth and figure my stuff out. How do I do this? So tell me, how can people work with you? What are you working on? What's next? What's next for next? Oh my gosh. Okay. So (laughs) I, I, 
I um, really quickly, I was had this whole next on the back burner for a year because my, I had to deal with my mom and she was ill and she was declining. And so I launched the podcast. I started a year ago and then I launched the podcast in the fall of 2020. And I really have done well with it. I love it. And so the next thing is, is, is I've really built up the, the platform and the website. And that's a membership website. So you can always subscribe and follow like the little, I call it the, the life design quick sheet where I don't overwhelm you. I don't, I keep you updated, not inundated, that kind of thing where you just kind of figure out what we're doing. But if you really want to dive in and be part of, you can be in a private community. You can be part of all the resources, media, panels, things that we're doing, ideas, um, you know, inspiration, all of that. That's what Next is about. And so for me, I really want to develop that more and collaborate with other fabulous women who can provide in information as well. So that's what's within the Next platform, the resources. And for me, I just want to get the word out. So the podcast, I want to start speaking, doing panels, being out there and yik yakking because that's what I do well. I yik yak. And I have a fantastic way to kind of dip your toe in a couple. You can go to my, um, Next career, you can find me anywhere at Next Career Life. I mean, that's you'll find me everywhere in Clubhouse and and all those places. If you look me up and IG, which is Instagram, and if you look at my bio on Instagram, you can click on that, and there's a whole great menu of what's going on, what I'm doing, where you can be part of, and there's also a lifestyle design kit there that you get for free. If you, I'm gonna get that. Yeah, if you want, it's called the You Do You because I really want you to do you. I don't want you to do someone else. Somebody, somebody's. Uh, something, what they decide. You do you. And that's where you really get back to who you are. And it's it's something I developed. But if you don't have time for that, it's a little bit lengthier. There's a 10 question quiz. If you just subscribe, you get like this quick 10 question quiz. And my whole thing is, is like that whole live for your dreams. Well, that's great. But a lot of us have a life in place and we have things that we want to show up for, or maybe we can't just go live for our dreams right now. We have to plan for things. So it sort of encompasses that as well. So you can either subscribe or you can really do the you do you. So those are there and, and you can find those. Pardon me? And your podcast. And listen, my, my podcast is Next with Elizabeth Ribbons. So I just, like I said, if you find at Next Career Life, you'll find me and you'll find my little choices of things to do and, and, and grab and, and be part of. And I'm on, like I said, I'm on Clubhouse too, Next Chapter Women. So I'm everywhere talking and I'm just hoping to inspire and really hold up women, give them support because I want them to know that past 40, they are necessary, valuable, and powerful. You, you don't live half a, a century and not know a few things. You are, whatever it is you know, it's useful, it's necessary. Right. Like, like, like your friend, um, Angela said, yes. what did she say? The first part was for so the first part, you, a part of life, you're focusing on what you're good at. And the second at. part, you want to figure out what's the meaning. What's the yes. meaning? Behind it. Yeah. Yes. That is. So I, true. I love, I love, love it. Well, guess what? It's time for the speed round, Elizabeth. Oh my gosh. Okay. Our time. Okay. Cocktail of choice. Oh, I'm one of those people that likes crafted cocktails. So I like the St. Germain vodka martini. And I can tell you that it's delicious. It's wonderful. Okay. So. Tell me what is in this. Besides, so it's vodka. It's St. Germain. Because I have all these things on my cart. And I'm going to make that tonight. Yeah. So what is it now? Sorry. Vodka, St. Germain, like a really good vodka, St. Germain. I squeeze a lemon into it. And then I maybe sometimes if I want, I put it over ice. and it, I shake it or I put it over ice. And I just get a little blob of mineral water in there and stir it around. And it's just so refreshing. And you know, we get to a certain time in life where vodka is better than wine because it just makes a difference. <laughs> I do better if I have vodka the next day than, than if I have wine. I don't know the Me sugar. No, that's like I an issue. You're right. 
don't know what that's about. Yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. it's the sugar. Maybe it's the sugar. It's the sugar, I think. So I, I'll always go, oh, you know, I'll have vodka. But yeah. No, me too. <laughs> okay. What's a mantra or quote you live by? Um, it can be done because I am one of those. It's all for figure outable. Well, mine's it can be done. Mm-hmm. I love it can be done. Yeah. What makes you feel unstoppable? Oh my gosh, my faith. Um, you know, my mother was super religious and I rebelled against that, but I'm glad that she raised me that way because with all of this deep dive into myself, I built the spirituality, the center, this core, and I totally have faith in something bigger than myself. Just that, that the universe is good. And I really, truly believe it guides me. That's a good, that's a good thing. And everybody needs that, by the way, you need to feel yes. like Who do you admire? Well, you know, everybody will say Michelle Obama because she's the ultimate. And everyone self, has said that. <laughs> yeah. Self-actualized woman. But I also say Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos, ex-wife, she just gave $6 billion to women in poverty, women who are trying to get educated at community schools. And she's just my hero. Like that's just, man, if I had that kind of money, I'd be looking for those women and trying to help them because I had a mom who was a single mom who was struggling. So that's to me is like, that's my social concern right there. So I love her. I love the single mothers. I just have to say they're my, my favorite people. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of raising two completely individual, great people, human beings. And that's my kids. I'm really proud of them. That's awesome. They're great. They're good people. They're really good people. And I let them, I really wanted them to be who they were and they are. So I love, what do your kids do? Oh, my son is one of the, the youngest, if not airline pilot captains in the United States. He's 25. Shut up! Yeah. Oh, okay. Focused, started flying at 15. I was one of those moms that was, I did not teach fear. So my son started flying at 15. He was a hockey player and people would be like, oh my God, you're insane. Why were you letting? And my daughter, you know, was also, she jumped horses. And so I never taught fear. I always taught you go do it, baby. I know you can do it. And my daughter is a managing editor on the East coast at a, at a publish a publication. And she is just 29. So both of my kids, my daughter went out into the world and made it happen for herself. And she really had to while my, her parents were getting divorced. And so she's a tough little nut too. And I just adore my kids. They're, they're good humans. I feel like, okay, that's if nothing else, I've left the world with two good humans. So well, you're, you're doing a lot more than that, but I love you. Thank for you. Life. I love Thank your humility, but you're doing a lot more. What's exciting you the most right now? Oh my God. Well, aside from next, because this is freaking exciting to, if I can, if I can launch and help other women launch their lives, ah, that's amazing to me. But also the idea that we're, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can actually maybe hug people again. Oh my God. Uh, I know. Right? Go, go to gatherings again, uh, like be with people. I have not seen my daughter in over a year. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just, that's, this is what's really exciting to me just to be able to travel. Yes. I want to travel. So I've held off on all of those things and I'm just, I cannot yeah. wait. No, I, cannot no. wait. I think we're all just really, but, but let me just say that if I, if COVID hadn't been here and I wouldn't have put my butt in this chair and gotten this thing going. So it all was for the best, but enough already enough already. I want to get out there. No, thank <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Elizabeth. This has oh, been so nice. God. I love talking to you. You know, you as well, you are really inspiring Liz. And I just love seeing everything you're doing. And I really appreciate your time today as well. Well, I just appreciate how you counsel these warrior women. They, they need you. They need that site. So make sure you work with Elizabeth. And thank you, everybody, for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swanick. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.